Hello. Hey, hey, Merlin. How are you? Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. I should right. answer your question. I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm real. I'm good. I'm good. I might need you to come to my office. Okay. When like, do you want me there? I mean, when we're done here, we'll be fine. Okay. I'll head over right after. Okay. I need you to come work on the knock with me a little bit. What's uh, what's I'm, going I'm, on? Uh, nothing. It's all good. You know, the Zeno's paradox thing about you take a half step toward the wall and you'll never reach the wall because you're always half a step away. I feel like the further I get along with improving my and upgrading my tech world after years of disrepair, <laughs> the more I end up having to do. And I don't know. I got ambitious this morning and I, I didn't have everything I thought I needed. So I set some stuff up and then unset it up and then reset it up and then unset it up. But yeah got a lot of cable. I should probably use a color coding system. To organize really everything? Just to... I mean, it's actually very simple. What I've got is my, I got a, uh, you know, uh, I got a modem, a router, a uh, Synology, um, you know, and uh, and my computer mo- mostly. But then there's there's a lot of ins and outs, a lot of what have you, a lot of, a lot of gigabit switch type things going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In this economy, you know, you don't you don't get like the Linksys <laughs> with all those little ports on the back. You gotta you gotta roll your own now, right? So I'm adding uh, extra gigabit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know the other thing they say. Now you know this from working in the NOC. A lot of times, what they'll say is that uh, just sometimes you should change your cables, even though you don't think you need to. That's what they say sometimes. Just swap out the cables, even if you know that they're good. Well, I mean, you 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 literally build your own, I guess. But um, but I've I've in my because I, I always been, thought they were, the the saying was if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, right, right, right. Well, I guess I'm sorry. I should put that differently. That if you're having any doubt at all, don't mm. assume that the cable is as good today as it was oh five years ago. Right, right, right. Because they can like the little wires inside can you know get I guess loose or undependable. Mm. So. I'm all cat sixed up now. Got it all going, and uh, I'm gonna roll some more gigabit this afternoon. Should okay. Good. Yeah. No good. Do it. If you want to come out, you're welcome. I can make you coffee. Yeah, I'd hang out. I've got low acid coffee. It's really good. You know what? I just you know what coffee? I just found. No, I haven't. But you're, it, there's a there is a I have for a long time recently the last few years which feels like a long time had trouble with tomato sauce. Have you have do you have trouble with tomato sauce, Merlin? Let's just leave it at that. Okay. Yes. Um, and I to- wasn't... To- tomato sauce seems like a no-brainer, because like you're a little kid, you eat paschetti, yep. or spapeggy, mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you enjoy. Uh-huh. Um, but then as you get older, sometimes some sometimes that mule will kick a little bit. Yes. It's a nightshade. Yes. And so I didn't know what the issue was for me with the tomato sauce. Was it the tomatoes, because it's a nightshade, and I thought so. Or is it the fact that they load, you're, you probably make your own sauce, but I don't. I buy it in a jar usually. And all the different kinds of. If I made tried, my own sauce, I wouldn't be able to, I would have one fewer thing in life to argue with John Syracuse about, and I'm not about to give that up. Okay. All right. Well, I, I do not make my own sauce. I buy it in the jar. Me neither. Yeah. I've tried different ones and then I had the same problem with all of them. And then recently I saw this one that was called, it was a marinara sauce and it, it was called uh, Sensitive or something like that. And you sensitive know, sauce. Yes. <laughs> it's a sensitive sauce? Yes. I love it. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> Shh. 
and it's it's hold on it it is Put a little dab behind each ear. The the <laughs> it is by a company called Rao. It's Rao's Rao sensitive sensitive. Hold on, the Whole Foods has it. I found it at Whole Foods, okay. and um, yeah, there it is. I'm gonna put this in the. This should be a, oh my, a big oh, show. Oh, I totally one. seen this. And it's sensitive a, it's sensitive marinara sauce. <laughs> And uh, and it's uh-huh. it, it it says bring home the famous taste of Rao's homemade sen- sensitive marinara sauce. <laughs> this sauce does not contain. But here's the thing: it uh-huh. still has it still has tomatoes, uh-huh. but it does not have onions or garlic. It says it doesn't have that while still keeping all the flavor of our slow simmered Italian tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a side mm. effect, I don't know if it's related, but it has less sodium. I don't care about that part right now, but. Oh, I'll take all the sodium I can get. Love it. I I tried this, and and uh, I you know it's it's more, a little more. It's a couple dollars more than the cost. But if if this means that I can have spaghetti sauce again, yeah. well then I'm I'll pay the extra dollar or two that I need to to have it. So I I I took this home, and we had some meatball subs, mm. and I it had no noticeable effect on my digestion, and so. Mm-hmm. If this, this could be a thing, but that throws everything on its ear because for me, I had always thought it was the tomatoes that I was having trouble with and maybe it's the garlic or something. That's so interesting. So anyway, I'm still experimenting. It's too early to say. I want sensitive sauce. I want to get you this sauce. I want, and it's sold on oh. Amazon too. Maybe yeah, yeah, we should. the Whole Foods. Maybe right. challenge, challenge. Yes. Okay. I will try Rouse homemade sensitive marinara. <laughs> I've never bought a food. I don't think was sensitive in the title. I like that. I like it too. And if you Google just, or if you Amazon, can you, is Amazoning a verb? Can I Amazon something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think about these things a lot. Yes. You absolutely Prego can. Well, you can Google something. Makes, be able to that's Amazon what I'm it. saying. You make um, it work in a really hot warehouse. <laughs> yeah. It's a peanut bucket. <laughs> Prego has it. Prego. Uh, a version of sensitive as well. So it's, you know, it's, it's a thing. I uh, would like to address this. Okay. okay. So without being too gross, let's just say that some of us do have sensitivities to certain foods and yeah, I, sometimes it upsets my tummy a little bit. Um, but I, I would not totally abandon the tomato part with that said, mm-hmm. I, um, I, mm, in my travels to address my own uh, chronic health issues, uh, there's a phony baloney concept that I've made up or perhaps adopted, um, which is what I'm just going to call the threshold. Okay. There's a, there's like a threshold where like, I mean, this probably goes for audio waves. It goes for lots of things. Like nothing happens for a long time and then everything happens. And I think that in the case of tomato sauce, if one is sensitive in the tummy area, mm-hmm. um, I think it, how can I put this? Here's, here's the way, when I, when I used to describe a chronic health condition I had to my friends, I would say, here's a good example. A good example is that I could have some beer, I could have some pizza, I could have some onions on the pizza, but if I have a large pizza with onions and all of the beer, I will be reading a lot within hours. If you take my drift. Mm, I do know what you mean by that. It's well, subtle. The subtlety is, is noted. There is some kind of um, inchoate, some kind of like difficult to nail down threshold that certainly could be partly environmental. And and I don't mean like multiple chemical sensitivity, but I mean in the sense that maybe you're not feeling well. Maybe the fauna is, uh, you know, maybe you're low on fauna in your tummy or whatever it is. But like our whole body's like this. Why is it that like you could do a little bit of this kind of exercise Fairly often. But then mm-hmm. when you did more of that exercise that one day, you crossed some kind of threshold. 
It's a threshold your body and your mind are, may not even be aware of, probably aren't aware of. And I think when you take something like a, like a tomato sauce, well, it's got tomatoes, it's got onion, it's got garlic, it's got oil, it's got, in this case, the celery, carrots, whatever. Who knows? You know, moments snap together like magnets. It's hard to know what the thing is, but you don't know there's a threshold until that threshold has been crossed. Right. So anyway, I, I do think that tomatoes may be an issue, although I for sure know that onions can be for me. Yeah. The onions, but, you know, onions, onions, what am garlic. I thinking eating like onions and beer? Like, what am I thinking? That's insane. I'm not, well, not 20. Yeah. That's the thing is like when you're, when you're 20 ish, you can really eat anything that you want with anything in it and have no ill effects from it. You can kind of drink as much as you want and go out the next day and you're fine. I remember back in, in those days, I was jogging quite a lot and something happened and I didn't, I hadn't gone on a run for like three or four weeks and I went back out. I was fine. You know, I just felt fine. Felt fine the next day. Not sore. Yeah. Still pushed myself. It was fine. Now? No. Mm-hmm. no. Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, when you're young, so we, um, our family went, um, went bowling with a family of a friend of the show and we had a really nice time. Uh, but we came home, we were all a little bit like, Ooh, uh, all we did was bowl three games of bowling. Right. But like I, when we were, I remember we were getting out of the car and walking up and I was like, I've always felt like there are three kinds of activities that I can, I can, I can very clearly identify um, as being asymmetrical in how they, how can I put this? Asymmetrical in how they affect very small muscle groups. Yes. Okay. So like, I mean, you know, if you are like, for example, if you're helping somebody move or you're moving and like you've overpacked the boxes with books, like there's a pretty good chance that your lower back is going to hurt a lot because you don't do it often. You don't know how to do it well. You haven't been thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? But bowling, roller skating, and going to the batting cages are three (laughs) activities I can think of where you get the weirdest asymmetric small muscle injuries. Right. Well, and the closest asymmetrical is roller skating, but that hurts your taint real bad. Whatever little uh, lig- lig- ligament that connects your legs to your taint, you know, there's that real small, <laughs> oh, it's almost like your leg, it's like your Kegel zone, you know? Uh. That hurts so much after you roller skate. If you haven't roller skated in years and you go roller skating, I'm not saying you do it often, but you, you know, God willing, you'll roller skate one more time in your life. Watch your taint, because boy, that super hurts. Batting cages. Even if you're in like the 40 MPH, uh, it's, you're going <laughs> to, you're going to hurt different parts of your torso <laughs> in very different ways. And bowling, think about bowling. Yes. You're throwing like a 14 pound ball down a wood lane over and over with, you're not changing arms. I mean, unless you're like, you know, ambidextrous, but it's just so strange. Yeah. But, but it's, that's when you really notice those little fine muscle groups where you're asking you're basically saying, hey, little disused muscle boy that I don't use for anything load-bearing, why don't you bear some load for two hours <laughs> and try to hit a ball yeah. or throw a ball? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, so anyway, that's, my, that's my cockamamie threshold theory. Where like sometimes you cross it, you don't know there's a threshold until you cross it. But, right, um, right, right, right. Didn't, yeah, didn't you know, uh, Church, Churchill, I you Churchill time, said I, I, that, I think. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. I was saying Churchill said that, I think. They, uh, you don't know there's Oh, yeah, the only way out is bowling. Yeah. <laughs> um, what <are> you, <laughs> so what do we got today? We got uh, we might have some uh, listener letters. We do. Um, it's, a, it's a shiny new year and an optimistic day. And at the risk of um, really boring our audience, 
I'm so good at introing these. Um, I would like to talk about uh, how some of my task management stuff has changed. Mm. It's something we've kind of gotten at a little bit, but I, I want to just talk about some changes in the in the world of te- text management and in some personal stuff with me. Not personal, like sad, but like as in like how my how my work and life has changed. And um, I don't know, just a plea to reconsider. Have we talked about this too recently, Dan? Have we talked too recently no. about task management? No. Because I feel like we got at it a little bit, but we didn't really dig in. I want to hear it. I want to, I, we have not done it and there is plenty of space in my life. Okay, to good, hear good, good. Well, um, do you want to start by telling me about something that you like? I would love to tell you about Squarespace. Oh, Squarespace. You know, I've heard that there's a thing about Squarespace that they're, they do a lot of podcast advertising. I've heard that. You're saying Square, Squarespace does that? As a company. This is podcast as in like internet radio. Yeah, the, the live streaming internet radio that, that okay, they okay. record. I, I did, was not aware of that. Okay. They do. And mm. I remember, you know, back in, in olden times when there weren't a lot of podcasts, Squarespace mm. came and said, we, we want to do this podcasting thing. We want to help you do it. We want to sponsor your shows. And I said, sponsoring a show? That sounds, that sounds like something I'd be wait, interested wait, hang in. Hang on. You'd give me money for doing a podcast. Right. You, and. <laughs> And they said, you know, they said, we just, we just like you and Merlin and we just want to support what you guys are doing. And, and, uh, and I said, great. And ever since then they've been, they've been here as a sponsor and I want to tell people what they do because I think that they're, they, they are doing something that nowadays I think we just sort of take for granted that can be done. And you and I know we've talked about this and I've talked about on the Squarespace ads before, but it's something that's so, so different. And as I was, I'm actually working on a new website within Squarespace right now and coming into it, I, I kind of went in, I don't want to, I'm not ready. To, Merlin, I'm not ready to unveil the site I'm yet. I'm not going to ask you until you're ready, until you're ready. You tell us when you're ready. Can I just do this at my own speed? Just do it at your own pace. Don't feel like you need to tell us until you're ready. All right. Have some sensitive sauce. Okay. That's what I need is more sensitive mm. sauce now. But... <laughs> With Squarespace, what I found is going into this again, I try to approach it, it with, as you say, Zen beginner's mind. Yes. So that I don't go into it with pre- preconceived notions of the way that I might want to do something or the way it should be done or whatever. And I just, I just run into it and I say, let's explore. Let's find out what I can do with this thing. I don't know what it can do. Let me find out. Let me explore this so thing. Do this at your own pace, Dan. Don't feel like you have to rush it. And that's what I did. And I went into it and I said, you know what? Let's, let me pretend that I've never used Squarespace before. I've never even made a website before. What is this like for me? What do I? And I was so pleasantly surprised by how easy it really is to get started using Squarespace, building a site with Squarespace, whether you're a first time website builder or whether you've been doing this your own way for a long time, it's so easy to jump in and use Squarespace the way you want to use it. There mm-hmm. isn't a predefined, no, it has to go like this. You have to do this first. You have to do, you, you can just go in and have fun with it. And that's what I did. I started building the site, tweaking the little knobs and the dials and making it my own, picking from one of their templates, but then customizing it. And customizing sounds hard, but it's not. Like if, you, if you've ever gone onto a, a website where you're like, oh, this is the car that I'm researching. I want to get, I can get these kinds of wheels i could get this interior i can get this color that's almost what it's like except you're you're building a site and there's so much that you can do you can you can do what i'm doing which is building a site for a business but you can also showcase your work you can blog you can you if you're a musician you could put your album up there if you're a photographer you can do galleries there's so much that you can do it's all customizable 
and they've they've taken care of the hard stuff that you still need to do. Like you still need to look at analytics to see how your site's doing. They have that built in. You still need to worry about SEO. They have that built in. You know what I'm saying? So like anything you come up with. You're not going to put a custom meta tag in there to make this one version of Internet Explorer work. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I don't, I, Dan, I really so do not miss that. And and it's, well, you know, let me, let me take it a step further. I don't mean to interrupt you, but like, yeah. let me say one more thing here about Squarespace. Uh, I think a kind of a theme of what we're going to be talking about today is is how things change and, and when it's worthwhile to uh, realize that things have changed and to reevaluate something. Okay. Um, th- I think that's a good theme, even in, even or especially in a new year. Um, there was a time when if you went to anything even vaguely like Squarespace, and I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, here to, to diss anybody, but, you know, there was a time where if you went with the easy way to make things, um, whether that was a blogging engine or, you know, CMS or whatever it was, if you went with the easy to deal with, well-supported version, you would end up with something that was, A, not very good looking, and B, extremely generic. Like you go, oh, that is, I don't want to name names, but like, oh, that's, a, that's a blogger site. Like that's mm-hmm. a good looking blogger site, but that's a right. blogger site. Right, right, right. Now, that was a long time ago. And a lot's changed since then. The technology's come a long way. Um, but what's amazing now is, this is going to sound weird and like double speak, but the, the, the more you take the easy path with Squarespace the more you're going to get something that is really beautiful and really your own. If you just, I mean, you can get in there if you want to and get your hands dirty. I would encourage you to just try some different templates and see what you think. Cause then once you've got the template, now you start tweaking and you're clicking. You're not putting meta tags in though. You're not putting in like a single pixel, you know, clear GIFs. Like you're not doing tricks. You don't need to worry about that. If you want to get your hands dirty, you can, but it's extraordinary to me that you can make such a beautiful site that works on every device or dingus just by clicking around. It really is that easy. It's the furthest thing from generic. And sometimes, you know, I, I know some little magic tricks to see if something's a Squarespace site. And sometimes I'll get a hunch and I'll look and I'll go, oh, it wasn't Squarespace. Or I go, huh, that believe it or not, that was Squarespace. Mm-hmm. If you see somebody with a site that looks way too good for their resources and skills, there's a pretty good chance it's Squarespace. Right. I mean, that's it. What, what else what can you say? Where did start at? Do you remember? You know, I think it's 12 bucks, Merlin. $12? Is that the $12 an hour? $12 uh, per month is is the cost of that. You probably and mean like, like $12 a day. No, for the whole, mm. for the whole month. But our listeners mm. can get uh, 10% off and also, uh, Squarespace lets you register domains there. So you can use this promo code to get a domain or a website. They got like five or six TLDs there, probably. <laughs> like 200. 200. It doesn't have to be .limo. No, not, not <laughs> Squarespace.com slash it's your show for, uh, for your free trial when you're ready to sign up and learn about it. Try it out. Kick the tires. And then when you're ready to actually sign up the offer code, it's your show, one word, it's your show. And you will save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. And you can tell Merlin, I love Squarespace and uh, you will too. So go check it out. Squarespace.com slash it's your show. And thanks very much to them for making this show possible. Thanks, Squarespace. Buck, buck. Um, It's low acid coffee, but it's still got some acid. Sensitive. Yeah, you can't. I mean, how are you going to get, how are you going to get all the acid out of anything? Well, it'd be basic. Yeah, basic. <laughs> that was stupid. Um, what else is happening? I got a new printer I like. What is pretty it? Pretty well. Laser or HP. inkjet? No, it's an HP. But boy, a lot has happened. Well, maybe it's just that HP is just a really good company at doing stuff. But like, 
you know, they're sunsetting Google Cloud Print. I'm not sure exactly when, but so I'm trying to figure out ways to easily print remotely without needing special hardware. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it's interesting. That's been interesting to set up. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, they get you on the ink. That's where they charge you a lot is for the ink. Yeah. To get, to get like, especially the black ink, if like, like a single black ink thing, that's going to be like, I guess that's like almost the cost of the printer. It's very, it's very costly, but you know, um, I'm always so amazed when I meet people who are like, you have a printer. I haven't used a printer in years. And I'm like, well, I guess, I mean, I feel that way about a landline phone, but we print a lot. My kid, she's got to print homework. She's got, where are you going to print your paper craft if you don't have a printer? You know, exactly. Is your child not obsessed with paper craft and just leaving sh shards of paper all over the house? Like, they, how, yeah. do you, how do you even know you have a kid? <laughs> More for the scissors and the paper. Um, what else is happening? Well, you know, why don't we talk about this? I, I, I'm, I'm dithering because I hope this isn't terribly uninteresting because I, I don't know if this will be interesting to other people. But uh, I want to talk about, well, you know, for, for a while now, uh, people occasionally seem curious about how I, how I do stuff. Now, I don't really have like a regular job, so it, I'm probably not the best person to ask about doing stuff. But I have had jobs and I have done stuff and I do... I'm going to pivot for just a second. There's, there's a topic that we have been covering on Reconcilable Differences for, I think, now a couple months. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just an ongoing occasional seri series called Secret Weird Things People Do. And it's this thing where Syracuse and I have been speculating. Do you ever wonder if there's stuff that, like, only you do? Or, you know what I mean? Like, or if anybody, like, and so, of course, the, the way that Syracuse problematizes this is how could we know it's very Syracuse. Mm -hmm. Like, how could we know if our thing is weird, right? It's only right. when, like, John's wife notices he wears, like, five layers of clothing to bed at night that she's like, why are you doing that? That's so <laughs> weird. Or, like, why am, I, why am I using shoe trees? Or, like, why does the remote have to be in exactly this position on the table, you know? But I realized, I was saying to John, I've realized that there is a, I don't know what your programmer term for this is, but it's not just this one example there's this whole set of things that i do that, that that a person could uncharitably call unnecessary efficiency now do you remember when you're a kid and you go to lunch in the cafetoria and you get your tray and you got your food you know you got your applesauce and you got your you got your little uh, carton of milk did you ever do that thing at the end of the meal where you all the way open up the top of the carton of milk smash up your napkin and your leftover food, everything as small as you can, and try to see how much you could fit in your milk carton and smash it down. <laughs> of, course, of course. Well, do you know what I know? But I'll be honest. You know what yes, I'm talking about. Yes, I know exactly what Little you're talking about. Little boys in particular do that. I don't know if they still do I still do, do stuff like that. If, I have, if we ever have I like- I know. It's like, an you're creating an unnecessary efficiency. No yeah. one cares. No. You're not helping anybody. Like, why do I buy super high-end blades for my utility knife? And why do I? why do I- break the boxes down further than they need to be broken down because there's nothing quite like a fresh utility blade. Very nice. I have some very nice ones that I'm very happy with. Cut that. Up. Why am I doing that? It's all just going to go to the dump and sit in a pile. <laughs> they don't even recycle boxes anymore. Why am I doing that? I don't know. But I think that also, now that I've realized that about myself after all this time, I think it's interesting to notice times where I'm, I'm creating unnecessary efficiencies and really is that unnecessary because what's nice about an efficiency is, I mean, 
I think it's easy to be cynical about this stuff, especially in the post-life hacks age. It's easy to look and point and sneer and go, oh, why are you doing that? But I, one thing I still do very well, one of the many things I still believe from getting things done is that like a, um, a life with less unnecessary friction can be a better life. I mean, there's friction in life and that's yeah. why you get the big bucks. But like, you know, there's a, like, I want the forks to be in the fork section of the cutlery drawer mm-hmm. because that makes it easy to find the forks. Like, does that make me tightly wound? I don't think so. But I feel like there's similar things with the way I, task management's douchey, but where I figure out what it is I need to do and then make sure it gets done. And I want to talk about that. I want to talk about where I've, where I've tried to look at changes over the years, be aware that things have changed in the world and in my life, and um, encourage our listeners to consider something similar. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you, do you need more infrastructure than you have? Um, or could, could you even perhaps do with less infrastructure than you think you need? Can you, can you get a minimum, minimal, minimally viable productivity system that would actually be more efficient and easier to maintain? Do you still need all of those, you know, you think about your, you know, your, your metallurgist grandfather's shed probably had one of those boards with all the little hooks on it for the tools and the outlines and all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. it's like, that can be super good, but in the same way that I, I, I'm working to simplify the way that my cat six cables are uh, all wound up. Um, I'm looking for efficiencies in our productivity stuff too. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? I mean, yeah, I like that. And one of the things is that one of the things that I always do is I'm always trying to, and I've talked to, uh, to our, our friend, John Roderick about this. And he, as, as you know, he's against efficiency Especially efficiency for the sake of efficiency. He's a man who scalds his balls. Yeah. Like he doesn't think he deserves for life to be normal. No. And I, I, I believe that my goal, no, I mean, you're, you're, you're speaking the truth. My goal is not to be efficient for the sake of efficiency. It's so that I have room to think about other things. And, and Mm. an example of that is uh, like, if I'm making breakfast for my kids, I have a system that I've set up. So that I, I know exactly what I need to take out. I know where I need to put it. I know what I need to do. And if you, if you rehearse and practice things enough, then they essentially become second nature. You don't have to think about doing them anymore. You just do them. Like, for example, today when I drove from my house to the office, uh, I didn't have to think, okay, I need to put my turn signal on here and then turn left here and drive down the road here. I just do it. And in fact, um, my system administrator, uh, you know, the, the Unix guy, he, we, we got on a phone call while I was driving and all of a sudden I'm just, now I'm at work. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? How did I get from my house to work? I wasn't thinking about it. That's an that, interesting phenomenon and also a kind of scary one. It sometimes. is kind of scary, but I was used able- to happen when I'd be driving, when I'd be driving from Tallahassee to like Newport Ritchie and, oh, yeah. and depending on the route that I would take, it was, it was less- common to happen on 19, but if for whatever reason, let's say I was going to Gainesville and I take 75, there would just be these times where I, I have such clear recollect, recollections of listening to like, you know, Susan Stamberg do her uh, stuffing recipe on NPR while I was on my way home for Thanksgiving. But I would be like, whoa, how many exits have I gone by? Right. I didn't even realize. Didn't I'm even driving. know it. You didn't even know you were driving the car. Yeah. But yeah. what that, what that does is it lets you have space to, if you want to not be mindful, it lets you have space to think about something else instead. And, mm-hmm. and, and so a lot of those efficiency things work for that, but they also work to make it so that you don't forget to do things so that you're that's, never that's what I'm running talking. around. I'm not doing talking stuff. about becoming dead to the world. 
I'm well, again, so I, it sounds like that milk carton thing resonated. Um, here's another one as somebody, uh, especially with kids, but really who has to do anything where you go places to do stuff. Um, you know, there's the kind of thing that happens where, and, and I have to admit this does really get under my skin sometimes where we're like, um, <laughs> cause you know, I'm Sisyphus pushing another Sisyphus up a hill and I'll say, okay, we're going to go to the store because we need to do ABC. And of course there's more, well, what do I have to go? Well, you, you have to go because you need to go. You, you need to be inconvenienced sometimes. Like yeah. John Roderick. Yeah. No, but, um, now here's the thing though. Now remember when we ran out of milk and you were mad and I, I said, okay, but remember last night I asked you if you needed anything, especially milk. And you said, no, remember that? Like it matters. Like that's going to help at all. But that's maddening for me to have all of my stuff put together and know what I need to do. And then to also, and because I'm super next level with this stuff, mm-hmm. I know what questions to ask. Because my family's almost always going to say, nope, well, don't need anything. Well, you don't need anything now. But like if there's not a satisfactory dessert in the house at 7.15, guess who's the bad guy? So one of those unnecessary efficiencies is trying to anticipate when we will be strong and when we will be weak in life, when we mm-hmm. will be vulnerable and when we will be safe. That sounds silly, but but in that case, like when we will be annoyed or when we will be pleased, because guess what? This actually happened last night. My kid went to uh, get a glass of milk and she pulled out the carton and she actually, she, I, I don't know why she was being nice to me, but she walked in and she held it up. She said, you know, I realized <laughs> that we were out of milk and I forgot to tell you about it and you got milk. And I said, thank you. I will be happy that you said that for the rest of my life because you noticed that I bought milk. What I'm trying to say, though, is if you do have some kind of a trip to somewhere. Okay, here's the worst. Here's the worst case scenario. Uh, You check out of your hotel, you hop in the car, you've been driving for an hour and a half, and you realize you left something critical in the hotel room. Right? Yeah. But that's gone. Like, you can't get that back. Well, but, like, it could be, I mean, it could be... An arguably worse situation, which is I'm pretty sure I left this thing in the hotel room, right? But you know what I'm talking about here. Whatever the situation is, it could be, again, it could be you're driving um, to visit relatives and you did forget your covered dish that you're really expected to bring. And if you've been driving for an hour and a half now, what are you going to do? Like, well, you know, anyway, just go with me for the example. But how maddening it is to realize, oh, we've been making great time. We've been driving for 90 minutes. And now we for sure have to go back, which is going to eat up another 90 minutes driving back. And then we have to redo the part that we've got. Now, I have enough of a broken brain that that drives me crazy because this is why I have checklists. Maybe it's a little bit OCD. Maybe it's a lot OCD. But I I really do believe in having some assurance that we've done all the things before we leave. Because that makes you feel crazy, whether that's going to get milk or going back to get your phone charger or like whatever it is. It's there's something that. There's something in me that finds that, how can I put this? It seems avoidable, and it seems like it doesn't take that much infrastructure to, in fact, avoid that. Mm-hmm. And then also, when you get to be a man of my age, the, I'll tell you one thing that you can leverage. This, this is a cliche because it's true. If you're, pretty sh- if you're walking out the door and you're pretty sure you're forgetting something— mm-hmm. You are you forgetting. Definitely, you definitely are. <laughs> it's you a, to, 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 quote, to quote the Irishman, uh, and he says, when they say they're a little concerned, it means they're a lot concerned. And if they say they're really concerned, then they're really, really concerned. <laughs> it's, but you it's have like to pause that. at that point and go through your stack and say, like, what? I know there's something, and I know I'm just going to relax for a minute and think about it. And you're like, oh, yes, of course, I need to drop off this check or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, or something where, you know, 
I don't know. So anyway, that's all. That's a little bit of context for this. Is that are they unnecessary efficiencies? Maybe sometimes, but I think sometimes they're they're beautifully unnecessary efficiencies that, for a healthy person, become necessary efficiencies. Um, another quick swivel pivot thing turn mm-hmm. is you know the pushback you get, and again, this could be privilege. I don't know, but the pushback you get from people about things like improving their health or getting more sleep. We're like, must be nice. Like, must be nice to not want to die. <laughs> well, you know, that's basically what you're saying. When you say, must be nice to get eight hours of sleep or whatever, excluding you here, Dan, because I know you have, you know, health problems with your sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you know what I'm saying? It's that whole sense of like, well, if I if, <laughs> if things can't be perfect for me all the time, nobody's allowed to do anything good. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, well, I also, another nice benefit of getting to this age and still being mostly alive mm-hmm. is that uh, I've learned what I need <laughs> to Most, do to be Mostly healthy. alive? <laughs> mostly alive. But like, why do people feel the need to apologize? Or why do I feel the need even to apologize right now for saying like, I don't, I don't think this makes me uh, a, a bristly scold to want to not have to deal with terrible inconvenience because I couldn't be bothered to think about something. That's crazy. The you know on one on the one hand, like one of the easiest things in the world you can choose to do is to think. You can choose to think at the right time. You can choose to think when it matters, and if that is valuable to you, or you see how you could benefit from that. If you keep finding your electric gut shut off, well, maybe you need a little bit more infrastructure. And in that case, you need whatever um, I want to say compensatory muscles, right? So if you slip a disc. One thing, if your doctor wants to avoid surgery for you and you would like to avoid surgery, they're going to give you some really annoying exercises that involve you laying on the floor and working some of those roller skate muscles or uh, batting cage muscles to compensate for what is not organically, naturally working for you. And that's what we're really talking about here. When we talk about why we have a need for any kind of a task system, it's not for it to be its own reward and to be its own, like, you know, efficiency machine. It's about, in your case, Dan, being able to say, and, and, and really, in a, in a previous um, career time, I, I always said the same thing, which is, like, for me, it's about clearing the runway so that I can have creative time. You know what another thing I do is it's really selfish? I just want to not have to be worrying all the time. And if I'm able to have a structure that lets me do the things at the right time, to think at the right time, and then do at the right time, that helps to partially minimize or ameliorate the amount of unnecessary stress that it causes to me. Because that's just about the worst. When you know that there's something wrong, but you're not sure what it is, and you're not sure there's anything you can do about it, that's the worst. And sometimes a little bit of thinking ahead is is just really what you need. Mm -hmm. So what I want to talk about is a little bit of past, a little bit of current, a little bit of future, and just how the least interesting part of this will be probably the specifics of what I do with task management. I think the more interesting thing is going to be stimulating our listeners to give give another pass, another thought. Not saying overhaul your system and buy a bunch of stuff. Not saying like do one of those container store transformations. I am saying that like... um, Treat yourself in the new year. Believe that you can have efficiencies and that you can have less unnecessary stress mm-hmm. so that you can focus on the the very good stress uh, that might make you better at what you do. Right. Is what I want to talk about. Okay, let's do it. You want to tell me about a second thing that you like? Ah, uh, yeah, I would tell you about Native. Oh, Native. I saw an ad for them on the TV. Really? They're doing TVs? I guess. I don't know. I think they should just stick with podcasts. It's been pretty effective. <sighs> you know, let's let's give them a call. My family's all in. They're blowing all kinds of money on native. native. I don't even know where it comes from. Native. 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 This is a new kind of 
deodorant uh, because many conventional deodorants, the kinds that you're going to find in just a, a, a regular store that you might walk into, they're going to have aluminum. This is, you know, people talk about aluminum. I'll tell you exactly what aluminum does. Hmm. It forms a plug in your sweat glands Ooh. that keeps you from sweating. That's how it keeps you from sweating. That's it's, how it works. That's what it's doing. Oh, I don't want that. Well, a lot of people don't know that, but that is, that is what's going on. It's plugging up your sweat glands and that's why you don't sweat. Did you think it was <laughs> magic? It was just a magic substance that, that makes, no, but natives deodorant is made without aluminum. So you can feel better about what you're putting on your body. That's the thing. I mean, it, and you know, I, I have tried a whole bunch of other deodorants, especially the natural ones. Cause I care about what's I'm putting, think about it. You're putting the deodorant on your body, Merlin. And then yeah. it's staying on your body for at like 24 hours. Like this uh, is a, this is something you want to think about because your, doing? your body is oh going to God. absorb that. And, uh, and, and so that's the thing is like, maybe put something on your body that's natural and that won't hurt you or doesn't have questionable side effects. And that's the thing. Native is safe. It is formulated without aluminum. There's no parabens. There's no talc. It's also vegan. It's also never tested on animals. And the stuff that it is made from is stuff that you've heard of, like coconut oil or shea butter. I've and heard of that. That's the thing. Shouldn't you, if you're putting it on your body, your mm-hmm. first rule should be, I should understand everything that is in this list well, I of mean, ingredients. I mean, I've heard of aluminum, but that doesn't mean I want aluminum pants. <laughs> that's, that's or trousers, sorry. as you say. Yeah. Aluminium trousers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow, this is really, this is a thought technology that's changing everything for me, Dan. I need to get out of this plug business. You got to get out of plugging. You get unplugged. Just, stop plugging yourself. And, uh, and so... You know my name. <laughs> 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 but the thing I will tell you about this is that native actually works. And that's the thing. There are a lot of uh, natural ones out there that don't do very much, but native actually does. It, it works and it keeps you oh, feeling some fresh. Some of them you're just rubbing crystals on yourself. Oh, it's, don't do that. Don't Give do that. Break. So they have over 10 different scents. They have their classic scents. They also have rotate what they call rotating seasonals. So that throughout the year, they're introducing different seasonal scents, which is fun. Uh, but the, I think the, the most popular one, according to these notes here is coconut and vanilla, but, uh, they also have one lavender and rose, which I've never smelled cucumber and mint, which is one I like eucalyptus and mint is one my son likes. And this is a thing. They've got tons of options. It's for men, for women, teens. They even have it for teens. And there's also an unscented option. You want to smell like nothing. You smell like Whoa. nothing with them. Is that a and koan? Yes. And what they is, also what have is the baking soda free formula. Smelling. Wow. Yes. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> 30, where, where do people go to find out more about this native? 30 day business? free returns and exchanges in the USA, by the way. Um, so I'm you go sorry. to na- nativedeodorant.com, N A T I V E, nativedeodorant.com. Promo code is back to work. And, uh, and that's, that's it. You're going to get 20% off if you use that promo code, which is a nice thing. Off your 20% off your first purchase, nativedeodorant.com, promo code back to work. Thanks very much to Native for making this show possible. Thanks, Native. Bok, bok. Sorry You're saying interrupting you. I think we might have latency. latency. Latency? Latency. Latency. There used to be a way in Skype where you could show the technical details. <sighs> you could see your jitter and all. You can't, you can't do It's gone now, anymore. right? No, and like, what is this card interface where I want to, uh, okay, do you know how to go and find out somebody's Skype handle? No. 
I don't know anymore how it used to be you would click on the thing and it would show their Skype handle. When I have to like, and I, no, I don't want to send a card. And then when I do send the card, it turns out I'm sending a different person's card to this person. And like, oh, a lot's changed. If we cast our minds back to a few years ago, um, I think about, well, I mean, one obvious thing is you think about like, if you wanted to get your tunes onto your iPod, you had to get that Firewire cable in, hook it up to your Mac and your Mac alone, mm-hmm. right? If you wanted your podcast or whatever, that you had to do that. That's it's been a while now. I, I do feel in some ways like that one of the quiet revolutions or, you know, more gentle, sensitive uh, revolutions was when iTunes became a wireless thing. That was a pretty big deal. Yeah, that, it was. Not on its own, even before we got to full-on cloud stuff. But cast your mind back to like, you know, again, one of those apps that, I don't know if everybody loved, but people mostly loved or, you know, people on Windows really liked Outlook. And Outlook was pretty great because if memory serves, you know, we never really got a full good Outlook on Mac. Not anything like what they had on Windows. But, you know, what was what was it? What was going on there? Well, I think one way and you could please correct me if I'm wrong, because mm-hmm. don't let me be stupid. But um, I think a, a way to think about Outlook is it's everything in one place. And I think the everything and the one place are both important. The what is the everything? Well, it's certainly your mail, mm-hmm. it's your calendar stuff. Mm-hmm. But in the time, in the days before, like Exchange, I mean, when did Exchange come along? When like wasn't there a time when Outlook was the equivalent of like Pop that all your stuff was on your machine and you hope you yes. wrapped it up? Yes. I mean, just just so I don't sound too crazy, there was a time when a la Pop, you did have all of your notes and calendar and mail, but it was just on your machine unless you took measures to have it be elsewhere. Yes. And this is something that people I think take for granted now, especially in the, in the modern days of Gmail where yeah. IMAP has pretty much replaced everything. And, and just the, the subtle difference is the way we used to check our email is our email client would pull it off of the server and then it, it would be gone from the server. It would be only on our co- local computer. And yeah. man, if your computer crashed, your hard drive died, which they did all the time back then. And, if, your and entourage, still if your two gigabyte entourage database crashed. became corrupted or something, yeah. like all yeah. your mail was gone. Sorry. And the way that it works now with IMAP is everything is stored up on the server and it gets marked as red. And, and when it gets deleted, it's actually just moved into another yeah, folder on the client, server. You're just a client for a database. There's a database with your stuff in it. Right. I mean, what is a cloud? The cloud is, you know, other people's hard drives, as they say. But you took the words out of my mouth. And then this is why I wanted to highlight in particular Outlook. Now, Outlook was, I think for a lot of people, like a secret weapon alongside stuff like Excel. Uh, there are people who could just make Excel dance. But Outlook was very powerful. I just remember the sorting and subsorting in Outlook's mail view being mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. It was a way that you could process so much email so quickly. But um, when I say though everything in one place, I mean everything in one place. <laughs> so you've got, I, I'm trying to be clever here and I hope people are appreciating it. When you say everything in one place, well, it's, it's your stuff, it's your mail, it's your calendar, it's your notes, it's your everything there. And it is just in the one place. If you're not at that computer right now, you can't get to your email, mm-hmm. which is not living on a server. Now, I mean, like, like Dan says, then we had Exchange, we had IMAP, like things have come a long way. And now it's, I think in many ways you could really think of everything as being cloud first, where it feels like it feels like you're using stuff on your device, and you are, but what you're using is basically a push of stuff from um, from the cloud. Am I using that right? Yeah. I mean, the the, the real version, the truth, as uh, as they say, is in the cloud. Now, okay, so obviously there's been a lot of evolution since then, 
But I mean, the evolutions uh, have come along at such a pace that I think it's easy to lose track of how very, very much things have changed. Um, and so like if now for me in particular, there was a time when, as we've talked about, in the days before Dropbox was a huge thing, the, there was the app Simple Note, which let you have synced notes between, it would basically, I think the, the most basic implementation I recall of Simple Note was you could write on your iPhone and it was more or less instantaneously backed up to the cloud. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think initially, I don't think it's synced between multiple devices. I don't think it initially synced to your Mac. That was not the point. The point was that there was a note-taking app. Can you guys believe that in the lifetime of the iPhone, there was a time when we could not, you could not count on everything to be synced. That just wasn't a thing. There <laughs> used to be there wasn't a clipboard and there was not instantaneous sync of anything. Right. Now that's come a long way, right? Again, evolutions, evolutions, thing improvements. Um I mean, uh, there's a lot I don't love about Dropbox, but because everything good has to be screwed up eventually. Um, but something that Dropbox got right was they they rarely failed at syncing. And when there was something that needed to fail, it was very clear that it had failed. You didn't get you very once once Dropbox really became like a thing, you didn't suddenly lose 200 files and not know it and not know why. <laughs> right. That stopped happening, which is a huge evolution. When we got IMAP for mail, when it became something where like yeah. I can get to my mail from all of my devices. And like Dan and I are old enough to remember when you'd say, well, I could check my mail right now, but I don't want to because it'll download to this laptop that I don't use very much. And then I won't be able to get it back again. You know, like in Eudora, you used to have to go in and say leave on server or mm-hmm, whatever, you mm-hmm. know, that it was still pop, but you would say leave on server. Right. Um, why am I going through all of this? Well, we still have a version. I'm being clever here, so appreciate me. Um, we still have everything in one place. It's just that everything is literally everything. And the one place is the cloud. It's, it's, it's a different way to look at it and a funny little twisty Oscar Wilde way of doing fun word things. But that's such a different situation. Um, again, we've talked about this with um, a test management app I love, which is OmniFocus and being there in the room with Ken and Tim and the, the team and like just watching these like these, these um, hmm, I don't want to be disparaging, but there were these, you know, flavor of the month apps that would come along and just lavish all the features and like new features every single day. There was this one guy in Poland who had this app coming out and it was just like every day new features and syncing and now, you know, it makes pie or whatever. And then the guy ghosted and was gone. <laughs> like, where's your stuff? I don't yeah. know. But they sweated that so much because that was still an unsolved solved problem. And what they came up with, the crazy way they came up with all these like dozens or hundreds of tiny little zip files was so mm-hmm. clever. Behind the scenes, what they did was so magic. But what a different state of affairs we're in right now. I mean, you know, as I sit here right now on this fairly recent Mac, I can't use reminders because it's not compatible <laughs> with the Mac OS that I mm-hmm, have on here. Mm-hmm. But it was important to me that it work in all the other places. This is my production talking into the Mac Mac. This iMac gets the software a year after it comes out because that's how I roll. Mm-hmm. But so why am I saying all of this? A lot has changed. For one thing, we have a lot of options in how we can choose to structure our work. I mean, we may not have lots of options in terms of our career, but in terms of our tools, we have a lot of options. And a huge part of those options that I think it's just, it's always hiding in plain sight and and only the very young should just look straight past this. The reliability (laughs) of syncing has changed mini games. Um, Remember Dot Mac? 
or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, mobile me. Yeah. Mobile you, me. Your contacts would just go away. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh yeah, but you can still make a greeting card. And you're like, okay, you should go. <laughs> or you can send greeting cards. Yeah. It's called mobile me. <laughs> yeah. But, um, apparently that was a very interesting meeting to be in with Steve. Um, and then the personal part for me is the extent to which my, the kind of stuff that I do has changed a lot. And when I say my work, I really mean my life. I won't dwell on this because it's the least interesting part, but so there was a time when I had a website about trying to be more productive using your Apple products, in particular your Mac. I wrote for that website. I did uh, sort of, I had to figure out creative ways to keep that content machine rolling. Um, ironically enough, like so many people in the productivity racket, I was sort of living inside the infrastructure as I was building the scaffolding. Because guess what? The reason I had the blog is because it was hard to do productivity stuff on a Mac. Right. So yeah, I started out when I first started 43 folders, I was using Entourage, um, not the not the TV show. I was using the, the pretty good uh, Carbon app, mm-hmm. Entourage. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, like it was all in a database in my Tilda folder. Um, and now today, pretty much, I think everything I use is available lots of places. And where it's not already natively available lots of places, I can get it other places. So if I have apps from SetApp that I want to get at home, yeah, I do need to download download those from SetApp. Like they're not going to just appear in the same way as my like shared desktop or documents folder. Um, but that was then, and this is now, as Essie Hinton says, um, I now today I do, I do podcasts and that's very, I'm so grateful that that is very well structured. But the other thing I've got to do, not got to do that I, that I do is, is family stuff and kid stuff. I'm the, I'm the supply sergeant and operations op- officer of the house. And I'm also somebody who is, I think I would, mm, depends on the week, but I would say over the year, very much evenly halftime with kid stuff. And my mm-hmm. kid's older now. She's home by herself. It's fine. She walks to the store. She does her thing. She makes food. Like that's, she's, she's a, she's a young woman. And so she does her own thing, but she still does need to get picked up from places. She still needs to like, we need to make sure she puts nutritional food in her face. We need to make sure that she washes her body and goes to sleep in a bed, <laughs> not with an iPad. There's still a certain amount of monitoring. And guess what? That stuff doesn't happen unless there is an infrastructure for ensuring that it happens. Not least my uh, my very special lady friend and me have to have an accord about who's going to take care of what and when. And, you know, who has the calm? <laughs> who has the calm? Who has the ball? Like, right. let's make sure we have coverage of these things. Do you imagine, well, I don't know if I need to ask you, Dan, but I will. Do you imagine that anything family and parent and child gets done just based on a good idea? Never. Because... Because remember, you're Sisyphus pushing a Sisyphus. You're going to have to, and then like how we approach all of this differs. But what I'm trying to do is, I'm, what I want to say here is, there was a time a long time ago when the whole reason I got into this racket was that I thought it was difficult. It was difficult personally. It was difficult professionally to do the things that I knew I should be able to do in my career and on my Mac. And that's what led to me getting started with this stuff. But I mean, that's the point. <laughs> that's the joke, is that I was stuck on a Mac that was basically a little island. Can you imagine setting a kid up on even like an uh, even like uh, early two thousands Mac today that's not connected to the internet? What would they do? Yeah, like, what would you do? Nothing. You play like Crystal Caliburn or something. Like <laughs> maybe, what would you maybe, do? Maybe. Maybe. So that was then, and this is now, and then this is now is I do I do podcasts, and I have a lot of 
So here, what I'm trying to get at is this, these two big aspects that I think is to have changed in my life and may have changed in some of your lives too, which is over here, there used to be islands of functionality that I had to visit in order to do the things for my quote unquote work, right? And um, now for me, through career and life, now over here, on the one hand, it is for me, it's so much more manageable than it's ever been. And on the other hand, it's so much more chaotic than it's ever been. Mm. Because once you get the manageable parts of your life manageable, you start to realize how much you're not managing well. <laughs> and things like errands, things like doing, you know, you've got to take this thing, it's a rally. You've got to get this thing to the curb in this window of time and back from the curb into the house at this amount of time. And once you start becoming aware of how much of that stuff you're doing poorly, it should become more important to you to do it well. And back to what we started with uh, five or six hours ago, are there ways to create efficiencies in your life that let you, mm, let's be old school for a minute, let you be the person whom you would like to be by removing some of the stress and unnecessary friction and putting that infrastructure in place? I think there is. I think the sinking helps. I think figuring out what it is that you can drop at a given time helps. And what this all leads to right now, I mean, I've mostly said the important part. I've said enough that you should be able to examine your own life and figure out some of these things. But I'd like to talk specifically about these huge changes in how I do this stuff. Because I, I get at it a little bit. I tilt at the windmill a little bit. But I just want to talk some specifics. Okay. And then we can go. Okay. Are you good? Yeah, I like the sound of that. What are you having for lunch? <clears throat> uh, probably Biederman's today. Biederman's, is that a deli? Yeah, it's the it's one of the very, very few delis that are in Austin. And of all the delis in Austin, it's by far the best one. We went to a place the other night. We had to, ironically enough, go to the container store. Um, so we um, <laughs> went up to Corte Madeira, and there's this place called uh, Pig in a Pickle. Pig in a Pickle? Pig in a Pickle? Pig in a Pickle. And it's exactly my kind of jam. Because it's one of those, you know how, you know, I've said before why I like pho is because each meal I get to make a different meal exactly the way I want. This place you go in there and you order the number of meats and the number of sides that you want. And then when you sit down, there's like 14 different kinds of sauces. So I get, always get a separate plate and do some bespoke on the spot sauce mixing. Mm, mm -hmm. But we had ribs, we had brisket, um, and we had pulled pork. And then for our sides, we had collard greens and uh, bread and butter pickles. Jiminy Christmas. Picking a pickle. It was good. I want to go to Biederman's now. Do they have pickles? Uh, they they do. They do have okay. pickles. I like a pickle. I like the places where you sit down and they put pickles on the table. That, yeah. that You know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah. So I used to um, think about this stuff a lot for my quote-unquote work. One of the things that's changed a lot, I want to talk about one thing um, in past. Let's talk about it, something important. Let's talk about something important. Now, I don't know. I hope this will be useful to you. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to give you water. I'm trying to hand you a glass, right? You're going to have to take this glass and fill it with whatever kind of liquids you would prefer to have or avoid. I have, a, I have an implicit cascade uh, to what I do um, that, I, that I've certainly talked some about, but I want to explicitly call this out because uh, it was useful to me to think about this, and it may be useful to our listeners to think about this. Think about the, at, at a high level, what is, do you have a cascade of information, capture, alarms, reminders, task management, right? Yeah. So that's a good, I think it's a good question to ask yourself. Like, well, let's go to the obvious one. Like, what goes on a calendar? Mm-hmm. Like that, boy, I, I have real good answers for that. So here's my cascade, I think. Um, I did this very quickly. My high level, the, the, the highest level, everything's on fire cascade is what I'm calling an alarm. An alarm for me is like you've got to wake up in the morning is the classic. 
another alarm is you need to do this event now, right? This already becomes important now because now do I want 80 alarms a day? I don't. Is there a difference between an alarm, a calendar item, a reminder, a task? Yes, 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 and yes. Those are all different. Alarm means stop whatever you're doing right now to take care of a thing, okay? So that takes precedent over everything else. If it's not obvious at this point, minimize the number of alarms that you create or seed or allow. Does that make sense? Yes. See also my, why I like my smoke detector because it never goes off. If my smoke detector went off nine times a day, it would not be a good smoke detector. So an alarm, you can have an alarm for a calendar item, but I do see them as being different because I have things on my calendar that I need to know about and need to do, but they may or may not require an alarm. And that's what puts alarms at the top of the cascade. Mm-hmm. So number one, an alarm. Stop what you're doing and do this. Number two, a calendar. Calendar item. What is a calendar item? Is it, is it a to-do task? Probably not. Could be, but probably not. Think of your calendar items as, as stuff that will, where they will die if they're not done mm-hmm. at a particular time on that day, or where there will be ramifications if they're not done, like serious ramifications. Nothing else should go on your calendar. That is my belief. I know I've said this before, but let's, you know, that's why we're talking about something important. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you got an alarm, you got a calendar, then you got a reminder. And I think there's taxonomically something a little bit different here. And a reminder, reminder can be something a little bit lighter, which is it could be something to sort of let me know that there's something coming that I need to know about in the next couple days that I need that I probably need to do something about. A reminder could be something like pay the rent in the next five days. It doesn't mean stop what you're doing right now, but it means, hey, buddy, like you're going to want to pay that. That's the kind of thing. That's a reminder. Alarm, calendar, reminder. Then I've got tasks that I've put into OmniFocus, and these are really a funny fish nor fowl thing between a reminder and a task paper task. OmniFocus is where I put all of my repeating life stuff. So that is very frequently stuff like make sure the trash cans get to the curb at this time. Make sure the trash can trash cans come in at this time the next morning. That's a repeating task with an automatic thing, you know, um, get a haircut every six weeks starting on this date and stuff like that. That is what I use OmniFocus for now. It used to be exclusively my quote unquote everything in one place mostly. But now I really, I really love OmniFocus for, and I, I mean this as the highest compliment, OmniFocus is where I put the stuff I never want to have to think about. Are, we, are you with me so far? Yes, I am on. on and then here's the funny thing. Well, let's start, let's go straight to the very end. So we've got alarm, goes down to calendar, calendar, under the calendar, you got reminder, under reminder, you got an omnifocus task. Um, the thing we'll return to in a second is under that, we've got a task paper to-do list, but the very kind of lowest item, but still a very important part is what I'm calling notes or reference files, which is something I pretty much absolutely don't need to do anything about as far as I know or not now. And that's something that goes into a text file that I can always call back up later. What mm-hmm. is the what is the command line thing for restarting this Heroku job? Like, what is the what is the command line thing for resetting my open with menu? Something I'm going to want to know in the future and not have to go Google. I keep those in little files. So, alarm, calendar, reminder, OmniFocus, task paper, note. Let's go back up one to task paper, and this is really where the rubber meets the road for me. And I'm not here to suggest that you use this, except it is good. What is great about task paper? It is lightweight. It is essentially markdown for tasks. It is difficult to overcomplexify unless you really, really try. It is a immediate near-term dashboard. When these things are done, I'm through for the day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's super portable. It's a text file that goes wherever you need it to go and syncs up really fast. Now, so now here we go. Now, here comes all the email. Why I thought you loved OmniFocus. I do love OmniFocus, but here's my job. My job is every week 
do this exact, the exact same tasks for the exact same jobs four times a week, plus take care of the rest of my life. And for me, that all works better for me right now as a text list, a very lightweight text list that I I just, I don't want to be even allowed to futz with it. Almost all the items on my, when I make a task, and this, in some ways this becomes the most important part, how I think differently now about making a task, phrasing a task, what do I call it? What do I call the projects? That's very different from my full NGTD days with OmniFocus. Right. And one of the huge, well, <laughs> two funny differences. One is I use emoji a lot now, which is weird, but I do. And the other is that my descriptions of what the task is have gotten both much shorter and much more grammatically incorrect in a way that I think is very interesting. <laughs> how's, how's more dramatic, <laughs> grammatically incorrect? More grammatically or less grammatically correct. But no, okay. I, I prefer with, you know, more. Why is that? Why? why yeah, what, why? what's going mean? on with you? Well, so I don't know. Maybe I'm having a palsy. But if, to, to be <laughs> successful with getting things done, what do we know? Well, there's several things, but you got to read the book. Uh, one of the things we know in GTD is that you have projects and tasks. A project is an outcome that you can envision and articulate. It is a noun, right? Mm-hmm. A project is a project is an outcome. Like it's mm-hmm. a thing that'll change in the world. Um, and then what are the tasks inside of a project? Well, those are verbs. And to, for GTD to be effective, it's so important that you phrase that task as something you will know you physically did or did not do. Take trash cans to the curb is a very good task ideate brainstorm for trash technology systems is not a really good task because it's not even, it's barely even words. It's like a word side dish. It doesn't even make sense, right? So like, what do we do? We say, oh, well, brainstorm. Well, brainstorm what? How? Like, what will you look like when you're brainstorming? In GTD, it's critically important to say, I have thought about this. I've articulated what this physical verb is in the service of this big noun. And then I just go do my work like a gentleman, Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I still believe in that, especially if you're doing GTD. Please, flashing red lights. If you're doing GTD, that is one of the most critical skills that you can get. So why am I getting grammatically incorrect? Yeah. Because sometimes I just need the light, lightest little bit of prompting. And I'm going to tell you a funny secret. I don't really need projects that much anymore. Whereas I used to have <clears throat> area responsibility, work, inside of work, one of my areas of areas of responsibility is podcasts. Mm-hmm. Inside of podcasts, I have reconcilable differences. Inside reconcilable differences, I have sponsor relationships. Inside of sponsor relationship. Now at this point, now we're back to 2005 when daddy had a context that said at printer. Forget it. You know what a task looks like for me now? Rec diffs, add spots, record. What in the hell does that mean? Rec diffs, add spots, record. Mm. Why wouldn't you articulate that as record advertising spots for reconcilable differences. Because guess what? If I write it like that, I don't need a project or a context. I know what that means. I started with rectives. So I know it's about the podcast that I do with uh, Syracuse. And spots record. Now, here's the thing. Think about this. Think about how you name things. And and think about the order of how you name things, especially if it can be truncated to the right. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're looking at a list of items in the finder and you don't want to have to blow out the, am I making sense? Let's say you've got 60 items in the finder and the way that you've been naming your files in the finder is something like name of project, name of sub project, name of task, date of task, and then tags or whatever. Well, 
that's good for the ability to sort, which is great, but it's not great for the ability to instantly locate, right? So this goes straight back to how I do my notes, where I'm looking at a note right now that says B2W show note X E459 2020-0106, right? Why would I do that? Well, because the most important part is where the most important part needs to be on the left. If I look at a task, is this making any sense at all, Dan? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. If I'm looking at, so I don't want to have to need all that structure. I just look at something that says rectif sad spots record. And you know what I'll do for fun just for me? Sometimes, because I have launch bar and it's very easy, I will just drop a little microphone at the front of that. So now I can scan down that list and instantly see what it is that I need to do. There was a time in my life when it made the most sense for me to have the verb that describes what the thing that I'm doing in there inside of the project. It's got the thing that, no. Address, envelope for house rent, check. That one works for me like that. Uh, find Star Trek library book. And then sometimes I'll put a little book in. What's different? What's different is like what I want you to get out of this listener. And thank you for hanging with us for this. I'm not trying to tell you to be like me. I'm encouraging you. Oh God, please don't be like me. Um, you still have hope. Uh, what I am encouraging is be willing to think about what you need to do to change and improve stuff to support the life you'd like to have. And my only encouragement inside of that is instead of adding complexity, think about removing complexity, unnecessary complexity. Because if you take out unnecessary complexity, guess what you get? Wonderfully unnecessary efficiency. Mm. And when you get to where you, you, your whole productivity life becomes like kind of a no-look pass, an alley-oop to yourself in the future title. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to be, spell alley-oop. I'll work with you on it. All right. Make a task. Um, that's what I'm looking to do here. Think about your setup. And, and I'm, what, I'm, what I'm not saying, I'm not saying go crazy and buy a bunch of things in notebooks and markers and ideation boards. I'm not saying that. Don't buy a hat for your coffee table. It doesn't need it. Like what you need to do is think about the minimum viable productivity system. And in this new year, that's what I want to encourage you to do. And give yourself an emoji. They don't, they don't cost anything. They're really easy to get in launch bar. Alley-oop. Alley-oop. <laughs> All right, let's button this up. Oh, that's it. That's it. We're all we're out. We're done. Oh Beep. shit! Yeah. <laughs> wow. I want to thank our sponsors. <laughs> Did you have? Uh, do you want to jump in? I, I figured I was running. No, it's, long. it's 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 yeah, but no, it's good. I like. I, well, just, I talked. Just, I talked was... a lot, and I figured you know that you 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 got to go to uh, Biederman's. I do. No, it was just, it was great. It was just sudden. Pick, pick, pick in a pickle. <laughs> That's pick right. A pickle. I'll, I'll send say you a picture. It, say, it. say it. Pick in a pickle. Pick in a pickle. Pick in a pickle. Biederman's. Now right, you. Uh, okay. No, God damn. <laughs> go ahead. Biederman's. Nope. Biederman's. I'm trying pick to give you an out. I'm trying to give you an out because you get hungry. I'm you starving. Gotta go throw your you have no idea. Around. I know. <sighs> want to button this up? you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> I love you too, Merlin, man. All right.